Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. That's what this is talking about here. And that seals our salvation. It guarantees our inheritance. Now, I believe that word inheritance is talking about the inheritance and begins then. It begins then. We get to then walk in sonship through the inheritance that we have obtained through believing in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And so you and me right now get to participate in spending the inheritance now. You ever driven behind one of those RVs and it says spending the kids' inheritance? You know, and you sort of laugh and, and you think, well, good on you. Go for it, you know. That's what we get to do now. We don't get to, to just wait until we get to heaven and then finally, uh, you know, everything is solved and we're perfection and we're with Jesus. I mean, it's going to be amazing and it will solve all the woes and issues. However, how much better if we get to walk out in our inheritance now as sons and daughters of the living God here on earth? Now, I'm not saying we will reach perfection. I'm not saying everything will be perfect and we get to command things and everything happens our way because I haven't found that to be the case. However, we get a deposit. And I don't know about you, but when we put down a deposit on something, if it's the bank, for example, they are going to call it in if we can't fulfill it. A deposit guarantees it. It says, I am going to do this. And so when we put a deposit down on something, we will fulfill it. And that's what the Father does through the Son. We have an amazing depiction here of the Trinity at work, don't we? The Son saying, I've been with you, but I'm going to send you another one, a, a part of us, if you like, Holy Spirit, who is going to guarantee your salvation. He's going to be with you. He's going to be an advocate for you and with you because the Father will send him. So here we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all working in unity for the glory of God. And it's an incredible thing when we realize that if we believe in Jesus, we have this as a guarantee. Now, it is disputable, debatable, and we will all go to heaven with potentially different beliefs on whether you can lose your salvation or not. And we could spend a lot of time backing each other's arguments with Scripture. But I look at something like this and, and I find it difficult. If God guarantees it, how can I unguarantee it? I'm just going to leave you with that thought. And some of you are going, oh, but I've got a better argument than that one. Well, I'm just stating a fact. If God guarantees it, it's hard to withdraw God's guarantee. And so just let that fester. God has guaranteed you an inheritance in Christ through his blood, through his victory. We, we remembered it this morning. It wasn't, it's not just something we do just as a ritual. It's a remembrance of the death of Jesus Christ for you and for me to cleanse us of our sin, to guarantee the inheritance that we will receive in eternity. 
But we get a little deposit of it now. We get to see some of that victory now. We get to walk out some of that victory now. We're still fighting flesh and blood and principalities and powers, which we won't have to fight in heaven because they'll be completely wiped off the face of the universe. But right now we do battle against those things. That's why we kind of have in part, we, you know, like that scripture that says we know in part and we prophesy in part, we kind of have in part too. Now, I know people who perhaps are big on dominion theology, it's called that we're taking dominion, we're going to see this, we're going to see that. And I love that. I love it. But there are times where I can't take dominion. I, I don't have enough faith or strength or power or authority. And so we are warring against things around us, aren't we? And, and so we have to walk out some of these things in very practical ways. Inher inheritance often looks like us understanding more about God here on earth. Just, just understanding more about Him. Getting more wisdom and revelation. I couldn't sleep last night and I found an excellent way to fall asleep is listen to Bill Johnson. I've said that before. I, don't, I think quite a lot of you do that. But uh, he wouldn't know that he's famous for that. But uh, it's just got such a soothing fatherly voice and I kind of wake up and the you know headphones are still in and Anyway, so um, I'm listening to him and I'm thinking, man, this guy is the calmest son I've ever really heard. And, and what do I mean by that? It is someone who knows who he is in the Lord. And so when we understand that we have an inheritance, we have a part of our inheritance now. We get the fullness of our inheritance later when we die. We get go to be with Jesus. Then we actually get to participate in the kingdom of heaven right now. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, before Jesus came, the law was given through Moses. And, and then there was legislation that came after that. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces of legislation that if you ever read it, it'll bore you to tears. But it'll make you realize how meticulous they had to be to be perfect. And the truth is, no one could keep to every single piece of legislation that was stipulated in the Old Covenant. And so they had to then offer sacrifices for their sins all the time. Uh, and, and so fast forward to the new covenant uh, and Jesus comes. The father realizes that humanity can't attain this perfection on its own. Even by offering sacrifices time and time again, humanity is wicked in and of itself, but by the grace of God. And so Jesus comes 2,000 years ago, one sacrifice for all. So we no longer have to give little sacrifices of lambs and things. And it's very personal for us. We have lambs, a few new ones in the last few weeks. And sacrificing lambs, bulls, calves, etc., etc. And so this is a depiction of what was to come. Or you could say that was a deposit of what was to come. And under the new covenant, we see the fullness of Jesus Christ and his power and his authority coming for you and for me. It's another step in inheritance. It's another step in the kingdom of God. So we see that under the old covenant, we had man's sacrifice. Under the new covenant, we have God's sacrifice. It is the better sacrifice. It's a greater sacrifice, but it's one sacrifice for all. So we then get to inherit what he could easily have just claimed as his own and kept for his own, but he gets to share with you and for me. I often think of it this way. 
If you think of the Lamb's book of life, which in the Revelation is the book of life, which will have the names of you and me, those who believe in Jesus, will be written in the Lamb's book of life. Our names are written in those things when we believe. And if we think of it like this, it's kind of like Jesus writing your name and my name in his will. And when our name goes in the will, that is a legally binding will and testimony, testament that you are valuable, that you are going to get part of the inheritance. And the good thing about God is when we believe in Jesus, we get to participate in that for free. And it's called being a son or a daughter of the kingdom family. If we're not in kingdom family, we don't get to participate in the will because bloodline attributes the will, doesn't it? We receive from the will of someone who's passed on or passing on through the bloodline or through a gracious gift of someone. But it's normally through bloodline. So we see that lineage is powerful. We get to participate in the Father and we become part of the bloodline because of the spilt blood of Jesus Christ. And because he spilt his blood when we believe in him, some of that blood gets on us, if you like. We participate in it whenever we have communion. And it reminds us, I have a great inheritance in Christ because I'm part of the bloodline. And we might have been orphans before, but we're now sons and daughters of the living God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you and I get to participate in that for free. John chapter 14, 15 and 18 says this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Powerful spirit that we need right now in the world. Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then the Holy Spirit comes a little bit later and he becomes our advocate and he gives us a spirit of truth. He gives us a spirit of sonship, of daughtership to the Father, a connection that, that even in Hebrews it says, you know, the, the prophets, the ancients would have loved to have known what you guys now know. They, they just would have been envious if that were permissible of what you guys have. You freely have access to this spirit of truth. Whereas we had to just get access through a priest who was doing sacrifices and going into the Holy Holy once a year and rah, rah, rah. Now everyone gets access. Everyone receives an inheritance. If you are in Christ Jesus, that is the greatest message of your life. If you are not in Christ Jesus this morning, I want to encourage you and I want to just share with you, it's so easy. You just give your life to Jesus. You give your life to Him. You begin living for Him, not for yourself. And then as you begin to live for Him, you begin to be a son or a daughter of the living God. And you receive an inheritance, a holy inheritance. It begins the moment we say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. I want to live for you. If you don't know Jesus, do that even as I'm talking or at the end or today or tonight. Don't let it go because Jesus wants to come and live with you. He wants to give you some of the Father's inheritance. And he wants you to be part of the kingdom. Kingdom family is a very powerful thing. 
Karen shared a little bit last week, I think it was, and a little bit of our journey uh, over some years because when we hang around good leaders, we always get good stuff. Uh, there's always something we glean. Um, I remember uh, hanging around uh, Pastor Cheyan from California, and he was telling stories about um, some of the gifts he's got over the years. And I remember my little poverty mindset sitting there going, uh, and I'm judging him. I'm thinking, really? What? You're allowed to get that kind of watch and you're allowed to just walk around and, and have some of that stuff? Judging, judging, judging. I know none of you have ever done that before. By the way, this watch is like a $50 watch, so don't judge me. But we do have some good watch collectors in the house. So, uh, you know, we're, we're gaining an appreciation. Maybe we should start a Facebook group or something like that. It's going on. It's going crazy right now. But anyway, God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed. He doesn't want you to have a mindset of poverty. It doesn't mean we have to be millionaires, but our spirits can be millionaires because we have an inheritance from a father who owns everything. And when we, if we live out of fear, if we live out of poverty, we're always going to be judging other people. It's not a very nice way to live. I found that when I was, when I was listening to, to Pastor Chayon, this is years ago now, I'm thinking, wow, why am I coming up against this so much? And then I look into my own heart and I realize I'm judging him because actually I'd kind of like that Rolex. And, um, <laughs> and not only that, I'm just, I'm just coming up against my own insecurities, my own fears. Isn't it interesting? What God will show us when someone else is prospering around us. It will test you. It will test me. Just get around really successful people and see what you say about them. Do you bless them? Do you love them? Do you honor them? I've told the Joel Osteen story many times. Um, Karen mentioned last week, I think it was, when we were, before we stepped into ministry, we decided to go all the way to the island of Jersey, uh, off England there, and... Um, we went to do a leader school, one week intensive heart healing leader school. And, um, you know, it was a s strange experience. I think Karen shared when I wasn't even here, you know, our little, uh, we had an argument on the way to the course and it was kind of funky. And um, we're thinking, why the heck have we come all this way to just, you know, do this thing and we can't even find it. Anyway, so uh, often we get tested a little bit, don't we, you know, before the journey. But Anyway, so a few days in, God begins to deal with me about being a judgmental person. I'm thinking, well, no, I'm not judgmental. Yes, you are. If you say you're not judgmental, then be careful. Be careful. And, and one of the funny things he judged me on, funnily enough, just before I start being a leader in ministry, he deals with me about judging leaders in ministry. And I'm so glad he did back then. Because I had to get through my judgments about people like Joel Osteen and others and, you know, just pretty much anyone. I, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm sorry to say I was a horrible person. But, um, you know, it's interesting when you get honest with your own ugliness of your heart. It is a confronting thing. It's a very confronting thing. And I say that with a smile because there'll be stuff this week I'll deal with. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because we've got to deal with this stuff if we want to grow. Sons and daughters 
can gain greater inheritance here on earth if we truly live in freedom from judgments and baggage and hurts and all that other stuff. I know that personally because on the Thursday, was, it was the whole week. The first days were a couple of funky and we, you know, Karen was crying and God was dealing with her. She was thinking, God, deal with him. And came Thursday, God finally dealt with me about my judgments. Just, just, and I just spent the day repenting. I repent of judging that guy, that person, the worship leader, the, the doorman, the whatever, you know, just I'm exaggerating a little bit, but we can be pathetically judgmental sometimes, can't we Christians? It is scary. It's scary. And so once we get rid of that, you know, I realized what an orphan I am to go around thinking I've got the right to judge this many things, this many ministries, this many people. And, and it's so interesting. I never really did that in business. But I did it in ministry circles. And I think this is one of the enemy's weapons of his warfare. If he can divide us, he can conquer us. If he can push us into the orphanage thinking like orphans, that you don't have this. Look at them. Look at them prosper. Oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And, and get us divided. Then he pushes us out into orphanages. And our churches become orphanages, not houses of inheritance. And there's a big difference. Sons and daughters know who they are. And they can behave and operate out of that spirit of sonship. So we don't need to compete anymore. If you find you have to compete, yes, I'm a competitive person with my Garmin, okay? But that's okay. If we find we have to compete with other people for position or for power or for prominence or any other piece that you can think of, then we're operating in performance as an orphan, and I know as a, as a CEO of a business, I hang around a lot of orphans because some of the most successful people in the world are orphans. Spirit of orphan, I mean. They've, they've gone so hard in every single attitude. They've gone so hard in success, in, in popularity. Why? To feed that emptiness, to feed the orphan, feed the orphan. Some of them are the biggest Hollywood celebrities out there. And, and you read about them 10 years later, they're miserable. They're miserable. Their marriage is breaking up. They're on drugs. They're on alcohol, whatever it is. Why? Because the orphan never gets healed unless it's healed by Jesus Christ, unless we come into the kingdom. And so there's, there's, the orphan is one hungry little beast. It's like a ravaging little thing, and, and it is ugly. And the orphan always wants more, always wants more. I remember John Arnott giving an explanation. If he ever begins thinking a certain way, he'll just say, down orphan. You know, just like rebuke the orphan. And, and we, we've done that for years because orphan thinking is dangerous. It's not just some little wrong thinking. It's dangerous thinking. It tears down ministries. It tears down people. It judges. It criticizes. It hurts. It competes. It barrages against a spirit of sonship. Sonship operates in peace. Sonship operates in from a position of the Father, not to the Father. And so we actually live in a way where we, we know, we know the game. <laughs> we know he's in control. And at times like this, you know, we're, we're in interesting times right around the world right now. And, and I mean, it's, it's confusing and politically in the US, it's full on right now. But we got to remember God is in control. He's in control. And he knows what he's doing. 
Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? And when we live as a son or a daughter, sure, we've got to fight causes and we've got to do what's right. We've got to speak our mind. Not, nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But ultimately, it's not to win an argument. It's not to win our position of view. We operate from the fact that the Father is in full control. And he's, he's up to stuff. All over the world, he's up to stuff. And we don't even have a clue what he's doing sometimes because we only know in part and prophesy in part. I was trying to find prophetic words about coronavirus. I can't find any. You know, uh, God doesn't always give us what we want as far as information and all of this sort of stuff because he is sovereign and he will give to us what we can handle. He gives us deposits, doesn't he? Galatians 4, 7. Therefore... You are no longer a slave, but a son and a daughter. And if a son and a daughter, then you are an heir through God. This morning, if you know Jesus, you are an heir. You are an heir to his kingdom. That means you are royalty. That means you are blessed. That means he doesn't want you in poverty. He doesn't want you to act like an orphan who's missing out on things. Know that you are a son or a daughter. And a good, loving, heavenly father always includes every member in the family. No one misses out. You will never miss out from the Father. Even though you may have missed out on earth, you may think other people have got stuff. When you operate from a spirit of sonship or daughtership in the kingdom family, there is a power and authority that you can walk in knowing that the heavenly Father is looking after you. And there's no, there's no poverty spirit in heaven. <laughs> there's no orphan in heaven because that spirit of sonship overtakes us. I, I can remember... At times, in uh, particularly in our business setting, uh, you know, it, it can be kind of competitive, and uh, and 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 you know, and it happens in ministry as well. But I'll, I'll say it for business because it sounds better. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I went into competitions and things like that, and and it can be really cut throat in the sense of uh, people wanting to succeed. And I always would think back to the fact that, uh, A, it, it saps a lot of energy trying to outperform everyone else. It saps a whole lot of energy. It's a fast way to burn out, try to compete with everyone else and be, be better and bigger. But the other thing is, when you know your father, and this, I had verses up in my office that would remind me I'm a son of the father. And, and therefore, when it got to times like that, I'd be like, whatever, he's going to promote me. He's going to promote me. And the truth is, you don't need to fight for your own promotion. There's no problem in doing stuff naturally, whatever you need to do. But just know that the Father's got you. He's got you. He's already ahead of you in thinking about things and planning and preparing things. And He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you, not harm you. And so those times where we maybe we get anxious and we get built up in some of our own frustrations, it's time to say, down orphan. Get away, orphan. That's orphan thinking. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the Most High. Is that in line with kingdom family? Is that in line with the fact that I'm an heir? I'm an heir or a co-heir with Christ. I'm an heir in this inheritance, in this kingdom. Is, is that behavior, is that thinking, is the way I treat myself in line with that kingdom? And if the answer is no, then get rid of the orphan and become the son 
or the daughter that God has created you to be. Because when we walk like that, it's, it's so reassuring. It's so reassuring. It doesn't really matter what others think or say because you're a son or a daughter of the Most High. What higher position can you possibly get? There is no higher position. And so through that bloodline of Jesus Christ, you and I have free access. I want you to stand this morning and we're just going to pray. And I mean that this morning, if, if you are here and you have never become part of kingdom family, it's not joining a church, it's joining a kingdom which is much, much bigger than the church. It's the Father's kingdom through Jesus Christ who died on the cross to wash away every sin and give us a great inheritance, eternal life. I want everyone to close their eyes this morning. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, then I'd love to give you an opportunity this morning. You never know. I know it's holidays and it may be not the, the perfect morning for doing this. But if there's anyone here or you're not even sure, then I want to give you an opportunity. And, uh, and all you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to live for you. Wash me of my sin. Cleanse me. Forgive me. I believe in you. I believe you died for me and you rose again. And I want to live for you. I want to have eternal life. And if you said that this morning, as simply as that, then I'd love you to just come up and meet me or Suzanne after the service. And we'd just love to shake your hands, say hello, help you a little bit on your journey. And that's all you have to do. But for the rest of us, I'd just love you to raise your hands. And I just want to pray in conclusion today over us as a small part of the kingdom family. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit of truth. We thank you that we are sons and daughters of the living God. That you didn't leave us as orphans. You didn't leave us out in the cold. We didn't miss out. But we have a great inheritance from you, Father. We have an incredible inheritance, inheritance from you, Father. Sealed by the Spirit of God. And we pray today that we would step into the fullness of whatever that looks like for us. Inheritance in the kingdom of God. Inheritance as sons and daughters of the living God. No more orphan thinking. No more acting out of comp competition and thinking everyone else is getting promoted. But we already have the inheritance. We already have the inheritance. Walking in that sonship, that security, that peace. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would wash off us any wrong thinking, any wrong acting, behaviors, and even thinking toward ourselves of negativity and, and, and putting ourselves into that orphanage. But, Jesus, what you have done is taken us out of that and made us heirs. And so today, Lord Jesus, we reconnect with you in that kingdom family, in that spirit of truth, and we pray that you would come. And that you would fill us, that you would strengthen us, and you would show us what it really looks like in an incredible way to walk as sons and daughters of the living God. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Awesome. Hey, bless you guys. Go and enjoy a great coffee. Say hello to someone that you haven't said hello to. Give them an elbow tap or a toe tap or whatever your, whatever your style is. And uh, have an amazing week.